right, everybody, what's up? It's another week at the Big Go Belt Podcast. Um, I'm here with the crew today, Will, Silly Sellers, and Giant Crab Jamal. Fellas, fellas, how are you guys doing? Yeah, pretty good. Outstanding. Another fine Thursday night as we finish up a week of, God, I don't even know, too, too much stuff going on, as <laughs> always. <laughs> it is chilly here in the DMV. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I hate the cold. Not a big fan of it. But, uh, you know, at least we're not like our, uh, our fellow comrades and stuff like in other places like Chicago. I, I mean, I guess Damien, who's not going to be here tonight, is doing good in Texas. But uh, it's getting cold out here. But It's November. Of, yeah. But, like, Maryland's weather. It brothers. happens every year. I don't understand what people <laughs> it gets. It gets under 40 degrees for the first time this season. And people think, uh-oh, this just hasn't happened before. Except it happened this time last year. I, <laughs> I love Maryland that we get four seasons. I also don't yeah, like don't Maryland. San Diego, we I, get four seasons, and it happens. This is fall. It's it's okay. I just I just get a, <laughs> I just get a little bit the Maryland bipolar weather where you get sixty degrees one day and then you get forty the next day. So, but yeah, it's just, it just got really cold for me. I'm just not a fan of the cold. But I'll just take this over the Midwest. I'll just I'll just say that. That's true. That's true. But um. Like I was going to say, it's cold here in the DMV, but it's definitely hot in the world of wrestling right now. It's a lot of things going on. Um, I, I got a lot of things I want to make sure that we cover tonight um, along with the team. Uh, firstly, I want to make sure that you guys, anybody who's in the DMV area, to make sure that this Saturday, Primetime Pro Wrestling will be back with, uh, I can't even think of the name of the show right now. <laughs> Submission uh, without representation. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, and it's three o'clock at the, uh, at, um, uh, I'm about to say brow restaurant. DC brow. <laughs> DC brow. I am slacking right now. I'm trying to come off the top with everything. It's uh, sold yes, out. It is sold out. But if you go to the Twitter page and jump in their emails, you can get on that waiting list. You don't want to mess, miss that one. Also Lolo's birthday, where she'll be celebrating, uh, Lolo, who is, uh, one of the heads in primetime will be celebrating her birthday there. So you don't want to miss that party because it's definitely going to be a good time. We got some big names coming in the area in D.C. And uh, everybody, everybody's talking about D.C. wrestling right now. So it's it's it's, it's a really good time. And um, although it's going to be their last show of the year, it's going to be one hell of a one. So you want, definitely want to make sure you are able to be there. But if not, maybe just go on our wait list. Good luck. But we'll be in the building nonetheless. And, um, it, and if you do, you can think of it this way. If you're going to the SmackDown house show at uh, the uh, Cap One Arena that night, you can always <laughs> check that out that afternoon because primetime is starting at 3 o'clock or doors, and then the matches start at 3.30, and they'll be done in plenty of time before SmackDown takes to the stage at Cap One that, that evening. That so right. you can have a whole day of wrestling if you're really looking to. That's right. That's how we do it in this area. It seems like there's never just one-offs with events. It seems like whenever there's a show in this area, it's always, like, options. You can go to one, then go to the next, or one, and then the after party. It's, 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 just, it's just always a celebration in the in the, in the world of indie wrestling in, in the DMV area. Uh, but last week, Baltimore, Maryland, Jamal's favorite city of <laughs> all time. The, Second the land, favorite. <laughs> the land of the wire. Um... AEW happened. AEW full gear. Now, I want to be very clear. This is their first pay-per-view after a legit build-up from AEW Dynamite since the TV deal happened on TNT. Um, so this was a little bit different, which means it had to be it had to be constructed different and the built was different because now we were able to be weekly invested into the storylines leading into that pay-per-view. 
Um, I definitely want to give a shout out to the AEW uh, uh, press crew for definitely giving us the opportunity to be there and uh, be able to be part of the uh, the scrum that was after the media scrum where we had opportunity to uh, meet some talent and as long and, and as well as Tony Khan. So definitely step over to the YouTube channel to check out four interviews. Uh, where we got to get in some questions about um, the aftermath of AEW Full Gear. But to show itself, and and gentlemen, I just want to get quick remarks about this. This is the first show, like I said, with a build-up from Dynamite. How did it feel to you? What was your reception of it? And overall, what did you think? Um, For me, it was a slow start that built to better finishes. And part of that was the two matches that you had at the end, which was for the AEW World title, um, and then the um, Moxley uh, match. I think both of those had the biggest build because it was consistent throughout each week. Every other match kind of was still thrown in, even though they did have about four or five weeks that led up to this pay-per-view, per se. But I thought those two matches at the end really had the best build for it. Um, just because you have great action, action, that doesn't necessarily mean the matches are always good. But the reason why it kind of ended better is because it did have a legit storyline that built with it. And storyline was taking place in um, the matches. The only thing that I would say about the Cody match, and I was listening to a podcast about that match specifically. Was it ours? I, no, 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 no. It wasn't, it wasn't ours. It wasn't ours. <laughs> I would have plugged ours. Um, but in listening to that match, I think sometimes – a slow burn on storylines that you know that's expected to happen, um, especially with the MJF turn, which he's always a better heel than he is a face anyway. I think sometimes that's built better as far as the approach to it, doing that little slow burn. But it still was a good good match or a good turn for it, but it could have been delayed just a little bit longer. Um, but other than that, it was just okay. Um, if I would give it a letter grade, I'd probably say a B or B minus. Um, but it wasn't a bad show, but it wasn't a best pay-per-view that I've seen. I'll jump in here and I can have a bit of a different take on stuff since I did not watch the pay-per-view. I wasn't interested enough to want to actually spend my Saturday night watching the pay-per-view. The build to the show didn't do much for me. And we talked about this last week. I thought felt of all the AEW shows they've done since launch, Going into this, this felt like there was the least amount of buzz in mm -hmm. my mind, which is odd coming off of like now that they finally had TV. It seemed like most of the build was all focused on Cody and Jericho and to a lesser extent, Mox and Omega. And mm -hmm. that's fine. I think it's a smart move to, you know, put the focus on your world title and, you know, put a focus on your main event. I can totally understand that, you know, with Jericho being one of the most recognizable names in all this. But in 2019, I'm not looking to watch Chris Jericho in main events that just ain't something i'm interested in, no matter the company that's not even a slate on aew i wasn't mm -hmm. into it in new japan i'm not into it here so my experiences with the show is of course what i've seen you know online and you know all the gifts that went around and all the reports and stuff and all this and to go on about on to, to tack on about the mjf situation with cody and finally pulling the trigger on the turn i found that odd, too, in the respect that I think the timing of it is a bit suspect in the respect mm -hmm. of if you've been following along all along and you've been watching all the pay-per-views, and yes, they've been building to this for months, but if you're someone who just started watching since the TNT launch, it's only been just over a month. 
It's been all of about six weeks. And that's the audience I think they need to be playing to now. It's not the audience that they already had, but the audience that hopefully they can build. I would have held that off and built up to it more with the idea that we've only been telling this story for six weeks. We have not been telling it for eight months. You don't need to preach to your choir. You already got those people who've been on the ride the whole damn time. Now they need to worry about the new audience that hopefully they can grow and do something with. So I personally would have held it off. Did it work? Sure, it worked. I mean, it came across great. It looks good. And I had no doubts of MJF, you know, being able to pull off that role to any extent. It was just a matter of when they were going to pull the trigger. So that's that felt weird to me, too. I can back you up on that, silly Sellis. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, overall, uh, I was there in Baltimore, and uh, it was a good show, solid B. But uh, the way I watch wrestling, first and foremost, is for the wrestling. I don't really care what the build is. I don't really care what the storylines are. Um, I'm really just see here to see the wrestling. And in that regard, it was pretty damn good. Uh, from my favorite match of the night was uh, Rio versus Emi Sakura. Mm-hmm. But the problem uh, that I had, even though that was my favorite match of the night, was that I didn't, you know, really know who you know, Emi Sakura was mm-hmm. until they had that um, that little mm-hmm. promo in the, the video yeah. show. Yeah. Um. So I mean that so that was fine, but they've been doing that a lot with a lot of their matches. Sean Spears fell off the face of the earth uh, you know, after uh, his uh, fight with. Uh, Cody Rhodes, and and his whole gimmick is based on an accident. So, <laughs> should they even still go with the chair gimmick? You know, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. So, that's that's one of the reasons why I kind of divest myself from the storylines. And it's just a okay, shut up and go. And if you look at the AEW, you know, records uh, page, and you look at what they've been doing, you can tell that they've starting to separate. Uh, you know, your main eventers and your upper mid carters from the rest. Mm-hmm. So there'll be your Brandon Cutlers and your Michael Nakazawas. Um, and then there's the upper mid carters, and then there's the upper echelon of the tag team division. Uh, so that was, you know, it was a very interesting pay per view. And, and once again, AEW has a little bit of something for everyone. If you like your deathmatch CZW, ECW stuff, Cool. They had that. If you like your classically told, you know, stories of two, you know, heavyweight titans going at it, then that was your Cody match. Uh, you know, the student versus teacher, you know, women's match was, was a thing. Um, the tag match, the triple threat tag match was, was pretty damn good. It's just that the reason why I give it still a B and not even an A minus or anything like that is because a lot of this stuff, um, a lot of the matches seemed rushed. And even at the end of it, uh, you know, a lot of the things that happened, I didn't wasn't really personally jiving with it. Um, the MJF heel turn, thought they really should have waited on that. Um, Cody need, needlessly diving, you know, face first into the uh, elevated ramp. Um, also, the presentation was pretty lacking. Uh, There's still same three screen setup that they use for Dynamite, but they mm-hmm. went to Michaels and paper mache some gears together. Um, Rissa really didn't feel. It, it didn't look like a pay-per-view. Jam- Jamal, let me ask you something real quick. I'm very surprised because, you know, I think of all all of us on this show here, um, I think that you have 
maybe seen the most shows or or even traveled to see the most shows of um of this generation right now you've been all over seeing shows the one thing i'm really surprised that you haven't said was did this not feel overly long to you because well, no no because because i knew this because the first what i say the when i say when i was a bit when i was trepidatious about buying tickets the question that i asked myself was and it was a legitimate concern do i want to traverse the streets of baltimore at midnight Yes, that's true. You said that. <laughs> so, yeah, and then didn't end to like eleven forty, right? And it ended at eleven forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that was kind of a known thing. And to be honest with you, I thought it was pretty good the way that they uh, paced the show because at eleven o'clock, and you didn't want to see the Cody versus uh, Kenny match, which had no, uh, you know, official you know, ramifications because it was unsanctioned. It had, you know, it may not have been your taste because of the nature of the match itself, you could have pieced out at 11 o'clock, which is when pay-per-views generally end. Okay. With that I mean, said, but, they're, but they're big names. You know, no one was leaving. Actually, no one did leave. <laughs> well, that's, that's not true. That's not true. Because because kids definitely left. Parents were like, oh, well, yeah, uh, okay. time to hit the old dusty trail. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, my side didn't 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 move at all. But yeah, yeah I, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I went and, and I stayed, not because I, you know, I have a privilege to, um, you know, hardcore matches or anything like that. I don't care. Uh, I'm not. I don't like John Moxley, and I'm less of a fan of Kenny Omega in this current iteration. So the match didn't really do anything for me. And hell, if anything, it didn't go far enough. Um, it was cool. It didn't go far enough, and there was not a moment where I went, "Uh oh, <laughs> I'm genuinely concerned for their safety." Mm-hmm. Uh, and people like to bring up. Uh, you know, Foley uh, at WrestleMania when Edge speared him through a flaming table. Or Bam Bam Piccolo in ECW where he, like, um, uh, landed on Taz and put him through the ring. Or Foley when he got thrown off the cage. Um, hell, even even Mia Yim, you know, taking that, getting brained by that ladder on Wednesday uh, was a lot worse than a lot of some of the spots that they did in AEW uh, at Full Gear. So, long story short, the pay-per-view was fine. It was definitely worth my $50 um, or less. And because they're doing quarterly pay-per-views, I actually don't mind them charging a premium for, for this content. Because this was a match that would not be seen on TV. Okay. This was, you know, these were matches without the time and, the, and the, you know, things. They couldn't be shown on TV in its form at the pay-per-view. Yeah. So that's what it was. Yeah. It's just the people spoiled by the network, and now it's like, well, how come I'm not getting 27 hours of WrestleMania for $5? Mm-hmm. This is unfair. No, yeah, it, it's not. Yeah, okay. I, I want to get in there really quick. Yeah, you're bringing up some really good points, and again, I, w- I definitely want to direct people to hear the word verbatim out of Tony Khan's mouth, and you, you're bringing up a really excellent point. So, our conversation last week was about spending the $50 for pay-per-view. If mm-hmm. they're doing quarterly pay-per-views, you know, they're they're I feel what AEW, like their 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 vision board is looking at other forms of combat sport and taking a little bit of something from everybody. Now, traditional pay per view sales have done you know they it's done tremendous in the world of boxing. It, it, the results have it's kept boxing afloat. That you know you have so many different uh, promote uh, promoters and promotions because of how much money it, 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 it typically generates. So 
the fifty dollar pay per view buys, the seventy dollars, and the eighty to two hundred, depending on what. Uh, I think uh, that's a bit unfair though, uh, because the structure of boxing leads up to the pay per view. So if you want to see, uh, you know, Glass Joe versus, you know, um, what's the guy's name, uh, Little Mac, then cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that'll be that'll be on um, on FS1 or CBS Sports Network or Telemundo. Right. In Espanol. They, they know their stars. And 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 what AEW yeah. knows is that they have a roster of stars. No matter whatever our fans think. They know they have a roster of stars. They recruited and they and they're bringing in the top talent that's available for them. What I'm saying is last week we talked about spending the fifty dollars. And last week I was like, okay, no. Because I felt they were just going to take the whole recipe of of WWE and do a pay-per-view every two months, a month, whatever it may be. But quarterly, and here Tony Khan say that the, the idea was to do it quarterly. It's like, well, $50 every four, every uh, three months isn't so bad. That's what Boston sort of does for their big fight. So when I think about that... Well, if it it's takes, quarterly, it's every four months. Because that's yeah, how... four months. Sorry, sorry, every four months. Yeah, but the, it changes my perception of their vision board here. So what I'm, what I'm thinking here is that, for your point, like I felt like it was too long being there in person. But I kept my mentality was traditional WWE. But again, if they're doing like what boxing is doing or UFC, then it's a whole nother landscape. I mean, they did have a pay-per-view on a Saturday outside of a Sunday, which is different. And, you know, they went, you know, they pay homage to old school wrestling where they say, you know, if this is unsanctioned, they were going to cut the lights off and cut it back on, which I really appreciate it. So I think that for me and maybe for fans, it's just like, hey, come in here with an open mind and let them do something different. That's what they've been. That's what they've been aiming at. That's what Tony Khan said that they've been doing. The the, the judges being there uh, was another indication of doing things different. So my overall thought about it is just like I like the fact of like they're they are really sticking to the fact of doing things different and. You know, but are they really doing anything differently? That's that was or about they, the ask. Or, they, or yeah, have we forgotten? Well, well, I, I hate to say it, but like you know, I don't know how much guys, I, I don't know how much time you guys feed on like you know discussion boards or you know Facebook conversations. Zero seconds. Yeah, yeah. true. I, I do it because you know it's my job to kind of help promote the show and get things out and, and so forth. But I see how wrestling fans only see wrestling. That they all that's all they know. They like. It's to the point that they're so ignorant to everything around them that if it's not traditional Vince McMahon wrestling style, that it doesn't make sense. Now, so, now to be fair, though, some context, because uh, it's 2019. So yep. there could be some some like pockmock face heathen going into you know his first year, second year of college. That has never yeah. seen anything before the year 2000. And I get That's it. Exactly. And I, and exactly. Yep. Yep. It's been 20 and I, years. It's been 20 years almost and, since and WCW I, went under. Right. And I and I get it. But, you know, my job to help promote the show and make sure our reach get out there. Like, I, I deal with these people. I got to because that's the only reason that we gain audience. You know, I deal I deal with, you know, the, the OGs, you know, like Will and Jamal. And, and then, like, you know, me and Marcellus come as this second tier. We've been growing, and we've all been collaboratively growing since. But yep. then, yes, there are the people that jumped in right now, and that's all they know. Yep. So, you know, I just try to bring a cautiousness to people to say, like, hey, 
the reason why this is happening is because of this was happening in the past. And Jamal, you've been you, like your your voice constantly sticks in my head about how people don't watch the network. And a lot of these questions that people ask are right on the network about how old WCW was, ECW was. It's all there, but they're not watching it. Or NXT in the short term, people aren't watching it. So I like you know in a in a in a in a in a like in a mixing bowl of of of, of talking to people and dealing with people, I, I hear like the blatant ignorance of how people are just so oblivious to things that's happening around them and trying to kind of like, you know, not educate them, but like say like, hey, this is my opinion, which, you know, has a substance behind it of why certain things are happening. So like to my point now, it's just like, you know, even with AEW doing the $50 pay-per-views and the, the, the show going longer, which I initially had a problem with, I'm, now I'm reverting back like, Okay, I see what they're doing now. They are completely. First of all, they're paying homage to old school wrestling, and then two, it's just like, hey, if we're only running four shows a year, then we're going to use all the time we have available to make sure that we, you know, we book and make the matches the way we want them to be, and mm-hmm. and and I, and I appreciate that. So, like, you know, I again, I thought Jamal may have a problem with it because Jamal, you know, going to indie shows all over the world where shows start late. And super late, and people got to get home. <laughs> this show went to untraditionally late to what WWE wrestling has done. So you know, while I'm looking at my clock, like, oh, it's a, it's eleven o'clock, and I sat around other press people. So you know, listening to them is like, how much longer is this going to go? Because I think we all were victim of like saying this is what WWE does. We know around ten thirty to eleven that pay per view is going to end. This did not end till eleven forty-five that day. That's how. That's how all the AEW shows have been so far. Right, they have. They have that, been. That's been their their standard. Right. Is going that late. So so so, so and, and and Will to your point now, and we text that night. The question is, does TNT have an influence on any of this? And the answer is no, because yes, that now everything is what they're doing is what they're doing, and they're and I think they're right. just creating. A complete divide of structure of how they're doing things. So they can do pay-per-view however the heck they want to do yep. pay-per-view and have yep. death matches, whatever. And TNT is just simply the TV show and, and that's it for Dynamite. Yep, yeah. And again, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna send it to the YouTube one more time because especially with the unsanctioned match. Listen to Tony Khan's comments on our interview on the YouTube channel because he would explain to you how and why it was done the way it was with all things. And like, again, we're all from this area. We know we have participated. We, we were partner and stuff with other independent wrestling shows in this area. So, you know, we know the rules in and out of the athletic commission in this state. Tony Khan's answers now. <laughs> See, he makes you, it makes you, it makes it very clear on why it was done the way it was done. Just, I, I, I don't want, I don't want to throw any spoilers because I want to direct, I want, I want y'all to hear from his mouth. But like, it, it, there's a method to the madness of all of that. Go ahead, Jamal. No, okay. So like, but as, as far as the overall show goes, for their first pay per view ever, um, it was a good show. Uh, to people balking at the fifty dollar price tag, uh, don't watch. Just don't watch pay per view because what do they do on Wednesday? The same thing the WWE would do on a Monday night after a big pay per view, and they would show you the stills and they would show you, you know, the highlights, and then they would keep it moving with the next program. But that's why the pay-per-view needs to, like, look and be presented as big. And with, right. that, with that set, and the set was really lackluster, 
Um, you know, the crowd lighting was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, you know, the ring gear was, you know, and all that stuff was kind of cool. Also, also, really... also, jump in there real quick. We in the crowd there got to hear commentary at certain times. That's unfamiliar to me. I didn't realize that in any sport. Yeah. So I, yeah, we heard Jim Ross and uh and um and Excalibur yeah. at times. It, it wasn't it was the audio wasn't really great, but you know they did pipe in the commentary at times. Uh, they had two side um, video screens, mm-hmm. which they had at uh, Dynamite Show in DC. But they had two side video screens, and you can tell that that was the feed, and on a closed circuit, uh, there was closed circuit feed, uh, because when I was streaming the YouTube show live, uh, there was about a fifteen second delay. Uh, so it was interesting to hear the commentary and stuff like that when I could, but if you missed it, or missed a replay or something like that, they have the in-house feed for you at, uh, right on the outside of uh, the stage. I, I just wish for this like industrial, you know, full gear with all of the cogs and stuff like that. I was really expecting a bigger steampunk wireframe piping, copper piping, everything everywhere type of a you know, it's a type of a setting, and I really didn't get that. The name doesn't really make any sense because full gear for Hangman Page was a totally different thing that has nothing to do with mechanics. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, the full gear challenge of being the elite had nothing to do with cogs in the machine. Hey, hey, hey! He said the next pay per view is going to be called Horseshit. You, you cool with that? <laughs> and, and right, cool. I mean, if it's set in like a farm, if they have it at, in, at Churchill Downs, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would make more sense than full gear. <laughs> so it, it doesn't reflect I'm the sorry, city cow, at all. Cowboy shit, cowboy shit. But either way, yes. <laughs> yeah. So right, and and having a Jerry's World, that's fine. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> Bring back the WCW Spring Stampede entrance where they came out of. Absolutely. Hey, that, you that, have that's having that's in Calgary. Theme it, you know. Yeah. Give it well, a might as well use the field of dreams too, because they're using that for baseball. Might as well use that for something else. <laughs> right. So that's so like a lot of that stuff because I really wasn't interested in in a lot of the uh, uh, in the in the promos and the storylines that were going into it. Uh, luckily, the wrestling held up. Uh, there weren't too many matches or too many moments where it was like, "Ooh, what, what are you doing there?" But it's just yeah. that presentation was really, really lacking. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's the most disappointing about it. I agree. I, I definitely agree. I felt like the pacing was good. The the the, the slots of, of matches were done were good. Um, maybe a little bit more representation for the women's division because to me, I don't feel like they, my, they took the full representation of the women's division. They were only telling one story. Yeah, you're and right. Not, <laughs> and not right. just that too. Not just that too. Now, do you need to add a mid card title too? Because you just mentioned yeah, earlier yeah, all I, about I, your upper mid card. I don't. I don't for me, I don't care about titles. If, if a story is there, or if a match is there that represents some type of state, then that's fine. But like, and then that's what I was going to get to. So what is the state that you're representing? Just to go up a chain that you don't even know what that chain chase is? Chase the title. You have, chase the title. Chase the big title? Yeah, chase yeah but there's the only one title gonna, that everybody can chase it. Right, exactly. It's only one title. Big deal, if they're going to make a big deal about these win-loss records that they've been claiming from day one, they're going to make mm-hmm. a big deal about then. Then you really don't need a secondary title because all these little wins, if you go from four and two to five and two, you know that that's the kind of stuff that, in theory, should make a very big difference and be a big thing to fight over. If wins and losses truly matter, then that's the kind of that, though. 
Two James, you I mean, better. You know what I'm about to say? Bring back that ten step ladder or that ten step belt from WMAC <laughs> Masters. I'm telling you, that's got to solve everything. That WMAC Masters system. I, if they're not going to have a, a, a mid mid card title, which is fine, they don't have to. It's only been seven weeks. Uh, I'm really like the medals for uh, Dynamite last week for the third place championship. Yeah. Uh, third place, you know, first, second, and third place medals. Unnecessary. Um, they're having a uh, a battle royal to get like the ring. I think they yeah they're doing like battle brawl, um, which is a thing like from from forever ago. Yeah. Why? Uh, it doesn't make doesn't make a lot of sense, and yeah. I don't know how that counts into like the singles record of uh, of people. Yeah. So I get it. You know, they're throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks, but a lot of the stuff in a more traditional build the storyline, build it for six to eight weeks. Pay it off at the pay per view, yeah. Well, they can't do that because the next pay per view won't be till February, mm-hmm. January, or February, easily. Mm-hmm. And God only knows what they're going to do Christmas. I mean, if they're yeah. going to take Christmas off, you know, that week, or if they're going to do something else. Um, what I would have liked to have seen, and and this is a, like another big complaint, not about the pay per view itself. So they moved AEW Dark onto uh, Friday. Friday night, Saturday morning. Um, sometime around there. And the pay-per-view happened Saturday. And of course, on AEW Dark, they referenced the pay-per-view. But then on Tuesday, before Dynamite, we didn't get an AEW Dark. I'm not saying that they need to take more matches, because Lord knows the show was long enough. But just a 45 minutes, it is YouTube, so they're not constricted by commercials or anything. It could have been a 20-minute recap show with Tony Schiavone and, and Dasha um, just going over what happened with aid with uh, you know, the thinly veiled recap to get you to buy the pay per view again. You know, I mean, they they don't have a lot of content per week. It's only three hours, and two of them are on dynamite. So, a twenty minute recap show wouldn't have killed them. You know, sometime between Saturday night and um, Tuesday. So, I mean, I would have liked to have seen that. And also, I do think the AEW Dark needs to be a half an hour longer to fit in the promos that they're not doing on Wednesday. If you're going to go that route of building stories through promos, then you can't do that and then say, well, if this match goes into overtime, we're going to show it on YouTube. The fuck? It's a championship hmm. match. Yeah. This is the limit that you started at 945. I don't know. I mean, I, I just get that. The promos. You can't do both. They're just aiming for like different ways to get things interactive. For me, at the end of the day, they're getting a check from YouTube, you know, so it's it's revenue. I don't, I don't care how money they make. None of that's coming to me as a fan. Yeah, if you're stories and build storylines through promos, they need to give as much time and care and consideration because we saw how many matches they had jack shit for, uh, for promo, and they got sent to pay per view with like a. Oh, that was cool. I didn't know what I was watching. Right. Okay. I, look, I'm gonna say this, then we're gonna switch subjects. We're in 30 minutes on AEW, longer than I expected. My hmm. my thing is that I I get it because you're coming from a, like a consciousness standpoint of 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 how you feel the presentation and deliverance should be. But I've always said it, and I don't relate with these guys at all. There is guys who literally only know what's happening because they watch being the elite. So when that YouTube alert drops. They are on it no matter what. Like, the earth stands still with being the elite stuff happen. And, you know, even from 
even talking to some of the uh, some of the talent or even interviewed some of the talent, even they are so applauded by the fact. And I think we are all around the same age as much as the time who's working at AW to like they don't even uh, they don't even understand how like they meet they they drop something and twenty minutes later somebody can recite the whole episode to them. So like mm-hmm. their type of psychology on dropping content on the YouTube it is none. Because they just say people are gonna watch it regardless. This YouTube era of people is just like unlike no other. You know what I mean? It's just that, you know, it it, it is a traditional or even maybe even a metrics uh, or matrix of how um, we we can see how things should be done from a business standpoint. But the whole YouTube and social media era, social media area of how things are done. Uh, it just really has no conscience, and they just, you know, they they're just they're, they're they're trying to fit a niche, and that's why they're experimenting around from it being on Tuesday or Friday or whatever it may be. Is this going to happen? Like, you know, they dropped the uh, ordering room service with whatever today. Being elite religiously still comes out on Monday, but like all the other stuff are being shuffled around, and I think at some point, I think in their their discussions, they're probably saying, "Well, content is content." Put it out. People are going to watch it. We're red hot on all cylinders right now, so just do it. But I do, I do get it. I, I, I totally get it. Especially for somebody who, you know, unlike you, Jamal, I'm invested in the storylines and the character build that I would like to see more of a flow chart of things happening to get me to the big payoff in the pay-per-view to say either I'm going to go or I'm going to spend the money to see it. But, you know, you know, I, I think right now they're just they're 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 still figuring it out, and it's it's okay. Um, really quick, j- anything else I got to say real, real fast? Not not for the pay per view, no. Okay. Last week, me and Jamal we tackled our flaming hot topic episode. I'm sorry, not last week, the week before that. We did, and again, you can get it early if you subscribe to the Patreon page. And the Patreon page, you can give us a dollar or whatever it may be, but it helps keeps the light on. And also, too, this would be clear, that money helps us uh, really be able to innovate and do some other cool things that we want to do. But, you know, we, we, we got other means of where we got need to spend our money on, our personal lives and so forth. So a little bit of donation stuff definitely helps us a long way, no matter no matter what it is, no matter how much it is. But on our Patreon, you do get um, exclusive content interviews exclusively first and is in our Flaming Hot Topic series uh, where we dive deep into topics uh, really, you know, off the chains, off the rails, you know, unshanked, so we say, <laughs> uh, to just get our point across. Unlike our traditional podcast, we still try to stay within the frame to make sure that we're, 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 uh, we're open to all uh, audiences. But... um. Two weeks ago, or two episodes ago, shall I say, we tackled the topic of ACH or Miles Jordan in NXT. <laughs> uh, check that out. It's it's available to the public now. You can you can check it out on iTunes or whatever it may be. But as of yesterday, and as of today, shall I say, um, he went live. He went live on uh on Twitter. So he went live on uh 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 what's it called? Um starts with a P. I can't think of it. He went live on Periscope. Twitter. Periscope. Periscope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I didn't know what to expect because we didn't live. I got the notification. He was quiet for a second. So I thought my audio was fucked up. So I'm just trying to figure out what's happening. 
and he went full blown rant and said, "Fuck WWE, I'm gone, I quit, I no longer work for them." Blah blah blah. Today he deleted his Twitter. Gentlemen, very short here, so we can move on to the next thing. What is your thoughts? What's your reactions? Like, what do you make of this? And I'm just going to quickly say for myself that I think he's a phenomenal wrestler. And I think that, um, you know, what he stands for, for the culture, I get it. I do never, I'm never, ever going to endorse uh, anything involved with a contract or personal business being involved on social media at all. That's it. Um, I, I want to say this, but I don't want to say this in the wrong way. And I hope I don't think uh, about put it. My foot, put, put my foot in the mouth. But he kind of Kaepernicked his way in wrestling, in my opinion. Oh, dear. Um, and, and that's how I feel. And once again, I don't mean that. And I'm a huge 49ers fan. And I'm a, I, I, I understand and support what Kaepernick does and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's, that's another conversation. But I think he kind of did that in a way in wrestling because regardless of what you feel and, and how you've been mistreated, it's ways you have to do it the right way and it's kind of the wrong ways you got to do it. I'm just not a really big fan of how he did it. Once again, I understand what you mean and I understand how you felt. I just felt, felt that was the wrong way to do it. Um, okay, really short. I respectfully disagree with all of you. I think he did it perfectly. I think that if it, if 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 you know, dear Albert, uh, he is the only one in his head. He's the only one that that sees what he sees, and he can feel has license to feel what he feels. I agree that his, his choice of words and his actions may not be in the best taste of everybody, and God only knows that everybody has an opinion on it. But the bottom line is, is that. Everyone, he's at a he's at a crossroads, and he decided to go the way he did, and other people decided to take the opposite approach. But the bottom line is, for for him, uh, for anybody else but him, including Booker T, including myself, including his mama, to say that he did it right or wrong is irrelevant. Bottom line is, is that he feels this way about WWE, and I think it, it's incumbent on him to speak on it. And until we come out with some actual facts, and he did that, until we come out with, and, and not just conjecture, but he had some facts to back it up. You know, he had some, some words with some people to back it up. You say, well, social media this and social media that. We don't know how long this has been going on behind the stage before mm-hmm. he reached a boiling point and said, fuck it, let's do it live. We don't know. For every whistleblower out there, and I'm not equating it to one of the, you know, to the serious whistleblowers that are mm-hmm. whose mm-hmm. lives are being threatened by the president right now. But, you know, for every whistleblower out there, there's an action that has to build to a point where you go, I'm going to risk my career for this. Mm-hmm. And at some point, God bless him, you just got to say, fuck it. I'm going to do what I do. And I agree with him when he says there isn't anybody in the world that's going to tell me how to do what I do. So, though, in my purview, as a person that's never been a professional wrestler, I can't say that I would do the same thing that he did, but mm-hmm. I respect the hell out of his conviction uh, for doubling down on it. I respect and, that. I and respect I, that. And I respect everything you just said, Jamal. I, I, I respect everything you just said. I, I, I understand. I definitely do. I will keep this very short and... 
<laughs> I will keep this very short and sweet and, and very and very to the point since there's a lot of people I've seen in the last 24 hours that are seeming to be very concerned and uh, a lot of people that seem to have a lot of questions and a lot of, of his uh, colleagues in the business that are wondering what's going on and hopefully some of them are reaching out to him. I hope ACH, or I should say Albert Hardy Jr., I hope Albert Hardy Jr. is okay and if he needs any help or assistance or, or anything of that sort. I get the impression there's a lot of people out there wondering about him right now, and there's a lot of concern about him in the business right now. So I'm going to leave it at that. Jamal, can I, 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 I respect that, Will. Jamal, can I ask you something really quick? Shoot. Um, something you said, and, and, and again, I this is not to revert, for, revert back from the fact that I said I respect everything that you said. Um, do you think that when you in the past, you've said that deleting is an omission of guilt. Him deleting his Twitter entirely. What's your stance on that exactly? When did I say that deleting was an omission of guilt? You said it to something we did one time because when you said it, it also triggered something in my mind. I was like, damn, that is true. Okay, well, there, there's a contextual element to it. Okay. Um, if you If you try to cover your tracks by deleting your Twitter, deleting this thing, or or something like that, then that in the in the public purview, then that could be considered an admission of guilt. I'm not like it's like pleading the fifth. You know, mm-hmm. did you do this? I'm not going to say that I did. Mm-hmm. Then well, what, what is it? You know, that's the non-answer. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he deleted his Twitter after going on his rant, um, and now everybody wants to be Doctor Phil and say like, oh, I hope he's okay. Something may not be right in his head, or something like that. Well, maybe, maybe not. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, I don't think that him to getting off of the Internet or whatever uh, is will ever be a, considered a bad thing. I think I think I hope and, and that he does have a you know, support system in, in place. But I also think that, you know, he's smart enough and he's been in the wrestling business for a hell of a lot longer than I have. So he, I think he's smart enough to, to weigh his options, think about it, you know, convincingly and go, you know what? Fuck it, let it ride. And that's, that's I, I can't imagine, especially working as hard as he did to get to the mystical land of Oz that is WWE, and then seeing what it is. Booker T said uh, earlier yesterday, I think, maybe today, but I think it was yesterday, that, hey, remember, this all started with a T-shirt. Bro, it's bigger than the T-shirt. And to denigrate this situation and to marginalize it in that it's about a logo or about a design, or about you know the interpretation of a of a shirt color, is kind of disingenuous. I'm willing to believe that it has to be about more than just a T-shirt. So let me let me let me ask you another question. Does that make him wrong for directing it solely as being a T-shirt, Dan? Well, well the, the T-shirt, t-shirt may like be the catalyst. Yeah, the T-shirt yeah. may be the straw that broke the camel's back, but I do believe, and the T-shirt is the thing that he can speak factually on. Uh, he can't quote the, the the things that has happened that may or may not have happened to them in the past. There's no videotape for it. But what yeah. we do have is receipts about this T-shirt deal. And on top of everything else that could or could not have happened, well, this is what we're going to speak on right now because this is the shit that's pissing me off. All right. You so, know what? No, go, go finish. Finish. So, so, so the bottom line is, is that uh, in every job, uh, no matter what, it's not, it's rarely one major thing. 
it's usually a hundred small cuts. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That 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 is the tone of this right here. That's where I firmly stand behind. And to be honest with you, he's not the only one. Yes, the racism thing aside, and his uh-huh. baseless nature against Jay Lethal aside, don't know what that man did. But still, the bottom line mm-hmm. is that uh, ACH and don't forget the super is not the <laughs> only one this year. This year to say, "Fucking, I'm done." Hold on. Okay. Uh, just, just. Should I bring up Monique? No, I'm just playing. No, seriously, because oh, I, I don't, don't want to spend too much time on this. Really quick, I want to go to the next conversation because definitely check out our episode. We gave an hour's worth of of, of content with it. Um, I do, I do, I definitely want to say that um, I I wish the best for him. Period. Because um, there seems to be conversations of him, um, you know, and mental health and, and mental health. I want. I, I I'll be. Quite frank, and I'll jump over the line on this one and say that when someone says mental health, that does not mean that they're at a disadvantage. That means that their consciousness about what something is affecting them, period. And he his tone and rationality to this has been saying that something has been bothering me for a long time, and I snapped about it. And you can receive it however you want it to be, but nonetheless, I just wish best of wishes for a guy. I met him two years ago, WrestleMania uh, New Orleans, and um, mm-hmm. really good person, very charismatic, uh, vibes the same way I vibe, loves anime. Hell, if he wasn't a wrestler and he was just some plain Jane like I was, he'll probably be on the show, because we we, we relate to the same things. But, um, you know, I, I wish the best for him and, and so forth. Um, but I just want to say that, you know, let's let's just see how this all plays out mm. and yep. by all means we just wish the best for future endeavors on whatever it may be. Um really re- really quick, any closing remarks on this really quick. And again, for yeah. everybody that's listening, definitely listen to our flame hot topic of it. We give an hour's worth of content on it. Go ahead. Uh real real quickly, uh everybody, you know, because everybody has an opinion on it. The bottom line is is that uh the perception of what ACH is going through is no different than uh, what Titus O'Neil went through. It doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be any different than what Keith Lee went through. Again, speaking generally, it's bigger than the shirt. Yeah. And if you look at uh, the perception, especially of black athletes in the WWE, then you know that conversation that it's you know we, it's it's a bigger conversation than just uh, you know some thing on a T-shirt. Yeah. No, it's supposed to be the Rolling Stone. What? Okay. But also, but the idea is, you know, I think there hopefully, hopefully, um, regardless of whether you like him or not as a wrestler or a fan, just as a person, um, you know, I want to see him go back to work. Yeah, that's that's it. And also too, I just want to say two things. Cedric Alexander and ACH. Uh, two people that I've I've met, uh more Cedric Alexander, somebody I could particularly say I've I've talked to on a, uh, on uh, numerous occasions. We had this running joke of when the two of them on separate occasions have co- been called each other. So when you think about the tone of what he's been doing from the Indies to even now, these guys have really been enduring, you know, all types of things that could attack their their mental and their well-being moving forward in this industry. ACH has been calling Cedric Alexander, who's come before his time in WWE, and, you know, and even their time in ROH where, they're, you know, Cedric Alexander is being called ACH and so forth. So, like, it, it, it's 
I, to Jamal Park, I totally understand how it gets to a boiling point and it tips over. It definitely tips over. And it's a, it's a real-life frustration um, that I, I feel that African-Americans deal. And, you know, for years and years of this, that it could breed all types of, uh, you know, self-conscious issues and mental health issues and so forth. But again, I, I want to move on to the next comment, uh, the, the next subject here. And that's, we're talking about uh, WWE backstage Renee Young show, Bite Me. I know Booker T's there, but it's Renee Young show on FS1. <laughs> Comes on at 11 o'clock. Uh, uh, start Renee Young, Renee Young show. Just clear that it's Renee Young show. And I'm going to say that a whole lot right now because it's Renee Young show. And Booker T's there because she needs somebody to bounce off of. And they have special guests occasionally. And they have different segments. And I like it. It's it's hella cool. Um, it's something that all of us here at the Big Gold Bell has been advocating. We want more Renee Young in spots that she is super efficient at. And this was it. So I'm real happy and, and so forth. But this week in the world of breaking news... CM Punk returned to FS1, apparently, or should I say, in assumption, that he signed a deal exclusive to FS1. FS1, like, that's like Fox's FS1. Just I, I will repeat it again. FS1, CM Punk is to FS1, <laughs> and not WWE, Vince McMahon, or any of that sort. It's FS1. Um, to, you know regularly appear as a personality there. I believe this is plain as day. What is your thoughts on CM Punk returning back to a screen to talk WWE? I mean, FS1 is know what they're doing. And, and let's, let's take it back a little bit. When FS1 was first created, what did they try to do? They tried to peel the biggest sport personalities for the shows they wanted to do to build their own brand. And let's think about, you know, Skip Bayless. Let's think about Colin Cowherd. They did that for sports for their respective shows and what type of styles they want to bring up. And respectively, it's been bigger than what they've been doing on their counterpart with ESPN. Now they're doing that with Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, to try to make him have that mouthpiece to be that same person along that brand, but this is for wrestling. Fox is putting the big money in WWE to do this, so why not bring your biggest quote-unquote mouthpiece to FS1 to build in what you're trying to do for that brand being on your show? Um, now... Can WWE take advantage of this? Absolutely, I think they will. And I think they will try to do that to get him back in the ring of capacity under that quote-unquote Fox umbrella. But then CM Punk wins on all cases because he's going to get that Fox check, and then eventually he'll get that WWE check. So it's like he betted on himself to do that, and it's going to be successful. But Fox knew what they were doing, or FS1 knew what they were doing, and trying to add to those mouthpieces they needed to build for their brand so they can make themselves the number one sports brand for all communication of talk shows. Silly Sellis just nailed it. This is about Fox trying to come up with something to get eyeballs on that show. They need some kind of hook. They need some kind of spark. And it's not going to be Renee, unfortunately. And it's mm -mm. not going to be Booker T. Because if, if, if you just take them, it's another pregame show. Except yep. it's not a pregame show. It's an after show. It needed something different. They managed to put this together probably from Punk having the involvement with UFC and everything while, while that was under the Fox umbrella. And I guess they found a way to make it work to get him in there. And obviously the, all the speculation is that, you know, Punk is with Fox and hired on as Fox. 
But make no mistake about it, if WWE didn't want him there, he wouldn't be there. It's still their hand, and it's their show, it's their product on a Fox channel. If they didn't want him there, I'm sure they could shut it down and not have him there. That said, think of it this way. As the most recent thing I can think of in the last 20 years, that would be a somewhat similar similar situation. And that's Brett the Hitman Hart coming off the whole mm-hmm. all screw job. When Brett came back after all of his years away, all that happened at first was they made a DVD on Brett Hart and he was on the DVD. Didn't show his face on TV. Then a year went by. They put him in the Hall of Fame and he made his first TV appearance. And then about a little more time went by. Then he yep. showed up and finally decided to do something with Vince and do the WrestleMania thing. It's yep. a slow process, but the first step was, well, we'll put a DVD out for you. You don't have to come and be on TV. We'll put out a DVD for you. This is the first step. What happens down the road, who knows? But make no mistake about it, it is the first step, and they're working together. Regardless of who's paying the check or who's <laughs> cutting money, <laughs> Punk is involved with a WWE product. Can as I, of mm-hmm. this past week. I got two things to say to you. Well, well, first of all, I got two words to say to you. Saudi Arabia. Who's cutting that check? <laughs> Look no further. <laughs> but no, seriously. Good point. I got a question for you guys. Why CM Punk over Daniel Cormier? Who do you feel is the bigger draw here? Who the hell is Daniel Cormier? Uh, again, you don't watch DC. Was, but you isn't don't watch- that the dude from Full House? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uncle no, Jesse. What Daniel Cormier Jesse? is the person in UFC who does commentary for them, who's been speculated to work with WWE in an, a, 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 some type of form of, of announcing, whether it be commentary or maybe this is a good fit. Uh, uh, he is the UFC heavyweight champion. He's beat uh, Don, John Jones under uh, disqualification of John Jones' personal issues. Um but nonetheless, he is a big name. I mean, when you think UFC, you think top three of their biggest draws and stars. But, but what's the he, key word that you're saying, though? UFC, not WWE. I, 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 get, I get it, though. Exactly. I get it. I get it. But Fox already had a stake in this guy. And he's already had the traditional training and grooming of doing this. I, I'm just curious because he was obviously speculated when the Fox deal started coming. He was speculated as one of the names that were going to do the UFC jump. I mean, he's retiring from um, from actually competing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you speculate to come to the uh, WWE, and never you see everybody else getting the WWE check, so sure, it looks good to him. But I'm just questioning for you guys, and obviously I watch UFC more than you guys do. Like, when you think about this, do you think they take the safe choice in somebody who's fully committed to it, the background, he brings another audience... Uh, and he already has the training, and the guy's really a really good guy. Period. And then CM Punk for everything we know about. Do Do you think that this was? I, 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 what was your perception of that when I when I speak that to you guys? So look at this. I'm gonna put it. I think Will, you even said this early on the show. When you think about, let's say, in the last 20 years, just from 2000 to 2019, who has probably been the most consistent microphone speaker or the internet genre where his means you know, has been on internet as far as him doing these different microphone experiences. It, 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 I wouldn't even say Heyman. I would even say CM hey, Punk. It's definitely Heyman. I, I would say uh, CM Punk. The only reason why I would say CM Punk, because look at what Bleacher Report did as soon as he was hired. 
oh, let's look at his most pipe bomb moments that we put on on film. And plus, not only was he a speaker on the mic, he performed it too. And when you think about his fuse, like with John Cena and Money in the Bank, or the, the, the segment where he, even though he did lose to The Rock, or the segment where he did lose to The Undertaker, oh, no. he had some... Oh, go ahead. Can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. He had about maybe, I don't know, two or three years stint in the UFC. Do you remember any of his press conferences? But just for the up. fact of what he did from WWE to get to that point. Just no, no, no. I'm just alone, asking. You believe any, he was going to do it. I'm just saying, if any of his UFC press conference stuff, have you heard any of his work from that? Nope. I just, I just, I'm just curious that I like CM Punk for what he did in WWE, but it's he literally the almighty of mic talkers of like period. Like people like really bow down on their knees too. Is he the savior of all mic talkers? Because for me, it's, it, it's not there. And, like, UFC, for UFC, the biggest people who can talk with a mic get fights no matter if they're warranted or not. So you're talking about the Chael Sonnens. You're talking about the Diaz brothers. You know, you know the, the people that, that that put in the work on mic to say, like, I don't even care if I'm ranked or not or if I'm even, even possibly could be a competitor. I can hit these press conferences, make a name for myself, and that's going to draw people to watch my fight. I mean, that's literally why Conor McGregor is the biggest star he is. Because not only is he amazing at these press conferences, he's a good fighter. That all encompasses what makes a star in these nowadays. And, and even John Jones, who wasn't a big talker, but people kept biting at his personal life, that he had to step up to do it. You're right, but that's all not what this state... That's but you're right, but that's not what backstage is supposed to be about. Backstage I know, I know, is supposed but to be my, about the scripted part, where, you know, with like first take and all that stuff, just on the FS1 perspective. But 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 yeah, I get it. But my point is when 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 Philip Brooks was in the UFC, mm -hmm. this this perception of him being such a good talker didn't translate into another sport. So is he? Is he generally? Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't going to work rated. there. Though. Is he overrated? He, could, he yeah. could. He could not. He could not play the character CM Punk in UFC. Correct. He had to, Correct. in UFC. He's a nobody. He yes. has never won a fight. He's a no. He couldn't go in there and talk about how he's the best in the world. He get laughed out of there. So he had to go and he he could not be CM Punk in UFC. There was no Correct. way to possibly do can it. He be the, can he be the he best in the world come, now? He could not come in. Now he get now he can play it however the heck he wants. I don't now know. Ronda Rousey. Rousey sure got beaten the head for losing her fight to Holly Holmes and Amanda Nunes. So when she came to UFC, no one respected her for everything that she's put in the company because of her two last losses. So y'all not going to give Sam Punk the same energy? The, 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 I think no. The, no, the, absolutely the WWE not. WWE folks aren't going to care about that at all. They, they, in their mind, this is the guy that they think got screwed over coming back and in their mind he's he's the best in the world still so no they're gonna they don't care what happened to him in the ufc right that, that right. makes no difference and if anything they're gonna you bring that up they're gonna get pissed about it it's so, so they don't want to hear any mention of that it's so it's so wild I mean. because you the can way call it, it double standard and it, but it, it is, is it is because they branded Cain velasquez as the person to beat brock lesnar but they're not talking about Cain Velasquez's other fights, are they? Or his injury history? But <laughs> that was that was just a money grab, anyway. It, it is, and it's, it's it's a double standard. And if that, if that's how they have to play the game, then that's how they have to play the game. I get it. But being that I watch both sports, I'm not oblivious to any of this stuff. I get it. And like again, I like Sam Punk. 
he went out and did two fights. He lost both fights. It is what it is. But I just don't understand why everyone's treating him like he's the messiah of all mic talkers coming back to WWE. That's what I'm just not getting right now. Period. I'm just not getting it. That, in my mind, we mentioned it earlier. I think the crowd that's doing that are the folks that have been watching for the last 20 years, and that's probably the extent of their knowledge. So to them, to that generation, CM Punk is a very big deal. They, they mm-hmm. grew up with him, and that's all. And that's what they know. Yeah. And so I, I, I can understand. For, those, for that crowd, he is a very big deal. So th- th- I think that's probably where that, the, the most vo- vocals of that are coming from. Right. In my mind. I yeah possibly but like I I definitely woke up this morning checked the boards and people were just like oh my god like he's back I can't wait to see who he wrestles oh yeah people fantasy book uh-huh. I'm like whoa wait wait a minute I do like your approach will like you know let it grow man eventually uh, eventually I'm sure it happens I have no doubt I, unless unless this just totally blows up like within the next couple weeks and then he's out of there again but as long as he's playing ball. Then, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen this WrestleMania. That seems kind of soon. Like I mean, using the Bret Hart comparison, it took a couple years. It took yeah. a couple mm-hmm. years for it to happen. And everyone didn't talk- happen right away. And everyone's talking because Survivor Series, Survivor Series is in Chicago that he's going to appear. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, do- I doubt it. I, do- I think right now, if anything, with this whole show on FS1. That I would think, if anything, they might be very interested specifically. They only want him on there because they want to try. They want to give some reason of any reason to give people to watch that show. Mm-hmm, so I can right. totally see that. No, nothing happens with him mm-hmm. on the pay per view, mm-hmm. and you don't see him anywhere else except that show because that show has no draw otherwise. So yeah, yeah and you're right. By the time somebody brought up ratings, because that's 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 it. <laughs> this is it. That's that's what I'm getting from this. It's like, hey, we had to dig deep right now to figure out how we're going to get ratings to this. This is what's going to do it. So yeah, and FS1. So is- if you want to see CM Punk, you got to watch backstage. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. they're going to do. That's right. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So what else we got? We're we're, we're about at our hour mark, but we we hit three topics. I know we got more to talk about really quick. Anybody got anything else to throw throw out there real quick? Just real quick, one of the best things that was refreshing for me to see this week was the MJF and Chris Jericho um, little microphone segment, the promo segment that they put out. I thought that was one of the most, or not one of the most, I think that was one of the best things I've seen in a while as far as refreshing, where you have two mic talkers build a story, but build a story bouncing off each other, where that chemistry with them on the mic was so great. It was just refreshing to see. I would like to see more of that with MJF. And granted that he's only, what, 23 doing this. Um, I like to see how they build up. And even Jericho alluded to it. It was kind of funny when Jericho was like, oh, you remind me of a young version of me. When your parents were probably in the bed together, they probably was watching me doing something. You know, it, it, something along the lines we said <laughs> that. It was just it was just refreshing to see um, that it really made me smile this week about entertainment and wrestling. And I want to see more of that. No, that that brings up something that occurred to me too. Watching AEW this week, coming off the pay per view, that I noticed right away, and it's something we had been talking about that that show's been so focused on the wrestling and the action in the ring, and mm-hmm. in both both first matches between the Ambrose, I mean Moxley, let me get the names right here, mm-hmm. <laughs> branding for the right. company, Moxley between Moxley and the opening match, and then the second tag match with the Dark Order, they did two matches. 
And then as soon as the matches we were done, they went right into promo segments with that t- talent involved. We had a promo for Moxley, and then we even had the mm-hmm. Dark Order doing a promo segment with, you know, with with um, uh, Marco and uh, the Jurassic Express. And I think they're starting to realize at AEW they need to do more of that with letting these people talk so we know who the heck they are. So hopefully right. that's a trend that they're going to continue with that. I thought that was a good, a good move this week that they, they got to do some more of that with like, I mean, hell NWA power is doing a great job of that with just having promos before and after the matches and just mm-hmm. introducing you to who these people are. And we finally started to see that from AEW this week. So hopefully that is a trend that will continue in the weeks to come. I actually say that I hope that's okay. not a trend. Um, I find it damned boring uh, to sit up there and watch MJF and, and Jericho yammer on for 10 minutes. I don't care. Get to the next match. It don't need <laughs> to be 10 minutes. I can agree with you on that. Don't need to be that. But if, but if you do need to you know, set up these promos for the people that do want that, I'm not saying don't do it on, uh, on the main show. I'm just saying that if you are worried about so many time constraints, then that's what AEW Dark is for. That show could mm-hmm. be six hours, and no one would care because it's on YouTube. But right. uh, they have to, to fill uh, this, you know, the, the two hours. And it, it's a hard cutoff at 10 o'clock because TNT absolutely has to show a rerun of it, the chapter <laughs> one, or Independence Day, <laughs> or whatever the hell. Uh, which, is, which is also another thing. TNT, what are you doing? If this match is scheduled for, uh, has a 60-minute time limit, and you know the show goes wrong, you're not going to tell the NBA to watch, you know, the end of the, the last uh, overtime Last three minutes of overtime on YouTube? No, that match, that game is going to go into four in the morning if it has to. Do you think they earn right. that eventually? Um, well, if the ratings we, get to that point, maybe. Probably I mean. not. Probably not because they paid for a time. TNT uh, has other, you know, interest in other times. So that's what it is. With that said, because time is money. With that said, uh, do better booking your shows. There's no excuse for you to say, even in jest, that a show could go into overtime and we're going to throw it on YouTube. Are you out of your goddamn mind? I mean, remember what happened when FS1 took over SmackDown for a week and two-thirds of the audience went, nah, bro, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, and and, uh, Jamal, uh, again, to this point, is that, you know, I'm not mad because I got to work on it. I'd be mad and like, I don't know, February, they're still doing the same thing, but they got to work on this 100%, and it's evident. They got to get this uh, done. And even to answer my own question, do do I think they'll ever earn a reputation for them to overlap on their time or overrun on their time? I don't know. I mean, at some point, they got to be second in in drawing in TNT. I mean, after the NBA, there's zero to watch on on that network. Zero. Period. Animal so, Kingdom. So, you know, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, they, they got to work on this. They have to work on it. Yeah, Absolutely. and also good, good on them for getting a ratings boost. Uh, you know, just, the ratings came out uh, earlier today, and yeah, they yeah, are back under, back just under a million. So, yeah, uh, you know, there's definitely interest there. And, you know, obviously the World Series had a lot to do with uh, the ratings decline for everybody. Yeah. Right. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, that's it's actually pretty interesting to see them creep up to that near, like, 950,000 mark. Yeah. 
Um, I got two things before we close out tonight, and then you guys make sure you, you know you get ready to jump in there with your, the things you may have. Mustafa Ali. I mean, some of you guys may know him as that, or some of you guys may know him as Ali, but he appeared on WWE Debunk, and they announced him as Mustafa Ali. You're probably wondering, what am I talking about right now? What is what? What, what do I got to yeah, say about him? Bump? My oh, so the bump is the morning show that's on Facebook Live. Uh, and that's part. That's probably part of their obligation, uh, since they don't have the mismatch challenge right now with their uh, agreement with Facebook Live. Is that they have this morning show, um, in which Kayla Braxton hosts. They have three other uh, guys who are non WWE guys, and then they have WWE um, guests. Big Show was on this week, and Mustafa uh, Kurt Angle, Mustafa Ali was there. But Mustafa Ali is the Messiah of no other because. He is the only person I know of recent time to regain his full name. He was Mustafa Ali. Then he went to Ali. Everyone hated it, by the way. And now he's back to Mustafa Ali. And I thought this was worth noting right here because he's Didn't done Eric Rowan do the same thing? Who? Didn't Eric Rowan do the same thing? I mean, he was known as Eric Rowan. Then nah, he, he was they dropped to Eric. And then he was back to being Eric Rowan. I actually do not remember that, but it, maybe. Yeah, it's it is, true. It's okay, true. okay, okay. Well, then my conversation has no precedence. <laughs> but I will but say no, this. But, but seriously, say this sometimes though. they don't need to shorten these names. Yeah, all the shortening names is kind of sucky, but I'm happy that Mustafa Ali does have his full name. And on the bump on Facebook Live, uh, you can, or Facebook Watch, you can go watch, that he talk about what it meant to have that whole name. And I thought it was really, really powerful. Um, but I'm glad that he's able to embark in a name that he really feels holds dearly to himself. So I, I just wanted to mention that as well. Well, I would, I would I'll, say I'll the say, bigger oh, story, the, yeah, well, that's it. the bigger story here that I'm assuming led to this is him being featured on the CBS evening news, evening news. So there's a story on the CBS evening news, WWE star Mustafa Ali fighting stereotypes in and out of the ring. So he got to do a nice mm. little interview and got some big time publicity and Coming off that show a couple weeks ago, the timing of this is very convenient, I would say. But I, it, it, it's such a WWE move to, to I could see, they, they want to kind of, you know, with both their hands, we're, we're going to take some money from over here from a sketchy situation. And on the other hand, we're going to put Mustafa Ali out here in a positive light and talk about him fighting stereotypes in and out of the ring and what he's had to endure in pro wrestling with having, you know, play you know chic type characters and when he first started out after 9-11 the kind of stuff he had to do and that i'm it's it's all very calculated it looks in my eyes but good good for him hey if he's he's getting a roll out of it and he seems into it because i think i mean i think what he is talking about it's it, it is his truth it is what mm-hmm. his situation is mm-hmm. so it's not like they're having him do something that isn't him mm-hmm. it's just in comparison to the entire bigger picture of everything going on around him, it looks a little odd. But hey, good for him. He's he from all accounts, he's a good dude. So good good for Mustafa Ali. Yeah, I, I agree. Um I just think it's a really uh, I think he has a really powerful movement behind him. And um I see I, the way how he's working media is like unfamiliar territory in which we've seen traditionally in WWE. Uh, the next 
thing I quickly want to talk about really quick is it's in breaking news. And it's back to how we started the show, Primetime Pro Wrestling. And so while they were while while we were recording tonight, um they have released on their social media that their 2020 schedule is up and it's having a show in January, March, April, May, June, August, September, and November. And it's cool because they got names for them and themes and so forth and, and all that information. But what's really cool is that you can get a season pass to Primetime Pro Wrestling right now actively um, and the prices are all there. So if you want to you wanna definitely step over to their social media page to see um, for anybody who's interested to be in a season season uh, pass member of Primetime Pro Wrestling to catch all the shows for a coming year. So congratulations to them. For securing dates for the rest of 2020, and uh, you know we're really happy to have been partners with them and helping them out and and sponsoring them and so forth that in the future um, and so forth that um, you know they're really doing good things in the district here in, in Washington D.C. Uh, but is there anything else we need to cover real quick? I'm trying to think. Oh, I know what I wanted to say really fast. So. For the people who's watching uh, WWE backstage, how y'all, how y'all, how are you all feeling about the ticker? The ticker dropping breaking news. We got to see that Paige has signed a new, a new, um, a new contract, and the men's has signed a new contract. They're still pushing towards this traditional sports style of broadcasting and 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 and, 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 telev- and television. You guys feeling that still? You you, you liking that, or what, what's your thoughts on it, real quick? I I think they have to do that because they want to put that sport element in it with the entertainment, so it doesn't bother me at all. Um, but it's not surprised. Just like how they did the draft, it was more of a sport element feel, and you're mm-hmm. probably going to see more and more of that on the show. So I, I respect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems Fox really silly. Sports influence. Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, it seems really silly um, to have like a, a you know, bottom screen ticker. Of of all the breaking news at 11 p.m. at night, um, when and really and it, and you, if you look at the ticker, it doesn't really have a lot of information, so it just scrolls by pretty quickly. So I don't really know what is going to be there now. If they were to provide exclusive information that maybe you wouldn't necessarily know, or it's buried at the bottom of the website, like, hey, well, who won this match at the house show tonight in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania? You know who. Um, you know, isn't going to what's going to happen on Raw? Like, what matches have been announced? Stuff like that that they may not cover in the show that should be on the ticker. It's not for breaking news; it's for secondary news, and they're not really covering a lot of that stuff. Um, and since they don't cover live events, I don't. I, I get why they have it because it's a Fox Sports aesthetic, aesthetic, but it just really doesn't make sense in the WWE scope of presentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for uh, a show on Tuesday night, I think I think Jamal just had a really good idea there. Like, what they should be doing with it uh, being a show on Tuesday night is use that ticker to promote stuff like what's happening on NXT the next night and coming up on SmackDown on Friday, and maybe you have like some Raw recap stuff in there or something. Since it's the night after Raw, but yeah, outside of that, I mean, I guess over time they can come up with some more ideas for what exactly to do with that. But short of like you know. 
short little blurbs promoting upcoming shows. Like, you know, tomorrow night on NXT, the Undisputed Era responds to Matt Riddle or something. I, I don't know. Something of that extent is kind of what comes to mind in my Well, I mean, that or maybe, you know, like, you put up a QR code that somebody can scan their TV and that'll take you immediately to the WWE uh, website or WWE app and that'll pull up a story of note. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, there, there are things that they could do that they're not doing for the people. And, and the diehard of the diehards are going to watch it. Um, right. It's Tuesday at 11 o'clock when there's no other scope of wrestling for WWE around. Um, and, and Tuesday, you know, it's such a great night for wrestling anyway with, uh, you know, NWA Power and Dark and Impact. And then you can guess you could finish it off with uh, Backstage at 11. But realistically... I, I just don't see what what the, how the ticker adds anything when there's no real news to report, mm-hmm. unless they want to start breaking news um, or recapping things, and that's kind of what it, they should basically drive traffic to the website. Yeah, I just I, I disagree with all you guys. Like the, the ticker is an aesthetic thing, so yes, I, I I see what you're saying there. But like, yeah, we don't know if the Miz was going to resign. We didn't even know his contract was up. So like. You know, as far as everyone would be in everyone business and how social media works and so forth, make it clear. Page is going to be signed to 2020, 2022, and then Miz is going to be signed to 2025. It's cool. Um, it keeps it keeps fans involved. And at this point now, with ratings maybe an issue for that 11 o'clock show, do anything to get people involved. Hell, if everyone put this much energy on the dirt sheet, give them a legitimate source to get information. And that's where it's at. Yep. Period. So I, I'm with it, and um, you know, people. Uh, f- first of all, Sports Center runs all day. They have a Sports Center live, a Sports Center AM, a Sports Center rerun, and people are watching it because they don't even care which one it is. They'll just watch it. This first iteration of backstage where it happens once, and you get the news, and I think people are going to tune into it. The wrestling pro wrestling has a big fan base, and I'm cool with the ticker. I like the QR code thing because, one, it, it also is a thought that I have on my personal job. I like people like to say, shoot job. Um, so I like that idea. But also, as well, too, I think that it is a cool thing to get people involved. So, yeah, I like that, too. But the ticker part, as far as dropping breaking news. I mean, the ticker is the least of that show's problems. Yeah. Uh, I, right now, two weeks in, I mean, they had, like, little, like, I don't know what they call it, like teaser episodes, whatever it may be. They've only been two weeks officially in. I'm not mad at it. I'm I'm not. They'll they'll get into a groove. I like the segments. They're getting people involved. So we'll see. And the more and more that they get more and more other people from other reaches and other um backgrounds and so forth. Well, I think it's gonna be good. I, I'm liking it. So as much as we're putting pressure on AEW to give time, I think backstage is a new element that they got to give time to as well too so I'm, I'm not mad at it i'm not mad at it um fellas anything else you want to talk about really quick we're about an hour and 20 in so a little bit over our time but we got a good discussion going on tonight but anything else you want to talk about really quick other than faye jackson's twitter uh no i'm good <laughs> well <laughs> faye jackson will be at primetime pro wrestling this saturday here in chocolate city Facing Joey Ryan. Um, Leave the kids at home. Yeah, sucks (laughs) if you can't be in there. Um, There's a good chance that uh, Faye Jackson will be hanging out in D.C. Me knowing her personally, uh, 
You don't want to miss that one because uh, I I don't even have comments. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll we'll get some comments from Faye Jackson herself come Saturday. But uh, that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be something right there. Yeah, leave your kids at home with all the beer, all the milkshake, with all the dongs in the building. <laughs> Wait, what? It's a Saturday afternoon in a brewery, and that match is going to be for the grown folks. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Well, look, as always, everybody, I, 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 I can't stress it enough. Thank you so much for the interactions on our social medias, from Facebook to Twitter to, the, um, to all the message boards. Um, absolutely make sure you uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You're getting exclusive wrestling interviews you get other content like movie reviews and stuff like that i mean big gold belt podcast is just a branch of big gold belt media so you're just getting a whole bunch of different things just you know we appreciate all the interactions and so forth that you guys are um are giving us but we're only getting better we're only growing we got more and more opportunities coming our way and we appreciate everyone who's been with us this entire ride but for myself too james for Mr. Hot Take Hillwill himself, for Mr. The Drying Crab Jamal, and for Mr. Silly Marcellus himself. Thank you for tuning in this Thursday, and we'll catch you guys next week.